Welcome on in, everybody, to another episode of the Butt Inning Podcast. This is the usual cast with me today. It's myself, the Commissioner Paul, uh, joined by Chris. Yo, what's up, y'all? We are, what day is it? It's Monday, November Monday. 8th. It's, uh, yes, a manic Monday. Um, so we're recording on Monday. Uh, we're going to go over everything from last week, look ahead to this week. Um, it's nice to get these out on Monday when there's still a full week ahead. So Chris, you look like you want to say something. <laughs> yeah, I do. You said manic Monday. Can you put manic Monday as our opening thing for like, you did with Shania Twain? Manic, manic Monday. Monday. <laughs> Am I singing the right one? Yeah, <laughs> that's okay. it. That's it. Let's <laughs> we'll roll. see. We'll see if I can break some other copyright laws today. So I don't think the other one, I never got any, any threats from uh, Shania yeah. and her people. So you never will. You we're never in the will. clear for now. As we, as long as we maintain below like ten people in our audience, I think we're okay. Um, so <laughs> we're gonna recap the week, uh, the individual standings first. So just looking through the scoreboard from last week, uh, we had Paul defeat Joel 183.4 to 178.8. Uh, Keegan defeated Chris 170.4 to 164.6. Mandy defeated Mike 177.6 to 169.4. Ben defeated Michelle 191 to 154.6. And Travis defeated Jill 199.8 to 126.0. All right. There may have been a weird glitch there in the middle of our podcast, but we're going to resume. We had a little bit of a technical error. Uh, so we're going to be looking at the individual standings. Uh, at, we recap the scores there, hopefully, for you. <laughs> hopefully that was captured on the audio we had. Uh, so the standings in the divisions, uh, the Miami division, Paul and Mike tied for first at three and one. Travis and Michelle tied for third at one and three. Jill at the bottom at zero oh and four. Over in the Dayton plus Mandy division, Mandy leads the way. Still undefeated at four and zero. Oh, uh, last undefeated team in the league right now. Uh, ben sitting at three and one in second place. And then Joel and Keegan at two and two tied for third. Chris sitting at the bottom of the Dayton plus Manny division right now with a score of one and three. Uh, the current playoff cut off though would be two and two. So anybody who's one and three, which is nine out of the 10 teams in the league uh, are included in this are only uh, one game back from the playoffs. So most of the league still very much in with a chance to make the playoffs. Um it said before the audio cut off, the ESPN's playoff predicting algorithm has finally given Mandy's team some credit sitting at 4-0. She now has a 94% chance to make the playoffs, up from like 17% or something ridiculous last week. Uh, so finally giving her uh, some credit there. When we're looking at the – everything got all messed up in this jumble. Uh, when we're looking at the house standings, uh, last week it was Keegan and Paul against Chris and Joel. Uh, so that was House Targaryen against – House Baratheon, Paul and Keegan swept Chris and Joel. And the other matchup was Ben and Mandy of House Stark up against Mike and Michelle of House Greyjoy. Mandy and Ben got their third sweep of the season in as many tries. Uh, so they got the full eight points, uh, swept Mike and Michelle. So the house standings, how they currently sit, Ben and Mandy running away with it almost uh, up at what, 24 points. House Stark in first place. Excuse me. Uh, Paul and Keegan in second place. House Targaryen with 16 points. Chris and Joel 
of House Baratheon are tied with Mike and Michelle of House Greyjoy with 11 points. And then Jill and Travis. Travis finally got a win this week, but it was against Jill. So no House points uh, up for offer this week for them. So they're still sitting at zero points as a house. Uh, Need to start getting some points or the rest of the league will have disappeared far into the distance um, by the time the end of the season comes around. Uh, Chris, do you have any thoughts on this past week? Uh, um, I need my players to be healthier, um, <laughs> but uh, not really. I mean, we're kind of, it's kind of interesting how, you know, I feel like my, I'm doing bad and you know, I'm uh, who who's owing for that's uh Jill, Jill right now, you know, it seems like in uh, with the other one in three teams, like it seems like it's over, but it's, it's like that. I think it was like two years ago where like, remember, I think it was like, everyone was just like tied with everyone, like up until like the final week. And it was just a bunch of tiebreakers or something that like decided the playoffs. I, I don't know. Do you, do you remember that at all? Maybe I, maybe it's, I'm going, I crazy. mean, every season there it's come down to being really close in terms of who's going to make the playoffs. It's, it's, you know, it used to just be four people made the playoffs. And then I think it was probably three years ago, or I might have even been four years ago, we expanded to six uh, just to get more people in there. And I mean, it's, it's rare that anyone's really been out of playoff contention, except for maybe one team going into the final two, three weeks. So yeah, even with losing records, people, someone still usually makes the playoffs. So it's not like, it's the end of the world. Uh, it's really, you just got to work to improve your team. And, and Mandy almost made the playoffs last year. It's only a 12 week, 10 week regular season is a very short regular season last year. She started off like, Oh, and six, and then won like the last next four or five games and only ended up one game back from the playoffs. So, um, I mean, if you can do that in a shortened season, like last year, we got 16 weeks this year in the regular season. So plenty of time to turn things around. We're a fourth of the way through the regular season. Um, but yeah, it's, I think, I think most people will be very much in it, uh, going into the final. I think the teams are pretty, pretty evenly matched this year. I don't, I don't, I mean, there's always some better teams than worse teams, but I don't think outside of maybe Jill right now, which she left 52 points on the bench. I added them all up. Um, but outside of that, uh, I think everyone else's teams are going to be able to beat anybody on any, on any day or any week. So well uh i'm just looking back at like history so like 2019 we had three teams finish at 10 and 8 um which is pretty crazy and then and they all made the playoffs that was like four five six um and even the next person after that was 10 or 8 and 10 and then 2020 uh that was the year that like everyone sucked um, because we had no joke though, because we only had four teams finish above 500 and that, and two of them were just 10 and eight. Like it was just one game above 500. Like there was only, only you and I were the only two teams to in 2020 to finish the regular season, uh, two or more games over 500. Everyone else was either 10 and eight or below. <laughs> yeah. I would say like, usually right around that, that 500 is kind of the cutoff. So I would imagine somebody could make the playoffs this year. We have 16 weeks this season. So somebody who's sitting at eight and eight or seven and nine could very well make the playoffs this year. Yeah. 
Oh, and that tiebreaker. Yeah, I was right. So eight, uh, Cole made the playoffs at eight and 10 and there were four other teams that were eight and 10. And so it goes to total, it goes to most points scored, um, is the tiebreaker. Oh, oh yeah, that's right. So no, he, he missed it. Um, it was Michelle who made the playoffs that year at eight and 10. So, yay, some, there's some history for you. There's definitely, yeah, I was like, there's definitely hope. There's no way to just rule people out. Yeah, definitely stick with it. I mean, there will be a probably sub-500 team that makes the playoff this year. And it doesn't mean they have a bad team, honestly. I mean, I think it's going to be pretty cutthroat this year uh, in the league. So I don't expect to continue to win every week. I thought I was going to lose this week. So um, this was an interesting week because – I mean, we had two matchups that really weren't all that close in the end. We had Ben beating Michelle by 40 points or so. And then, I mean, Travis was the highest scoring team in the league this week and Jill was the lowest and they played each other. So um, there was a almost 70 point over 70 point gap in that. Um, But like I said, I added up the points that Jill could have put on her roster, which means like not just she chose the wrong players to start, but the actual, like she had roster spots available and just didn't put anybody in. Uh, I know she's super busy with things. We talked about this a little bit before the season. Um, so she might be in and out a little bit, but um, it was like 52 points that she left on the bench. So she could have been up right in the one seventies, right around a lot of other people. She actually, I think it was one seventy eight point six or 1.78.4 that she would have had. Uh, had she actually just put people in, not made any moves or anything else, just put people in when she had spots available. So um, her team did, she has a good team. Uh, it's just, they just didn't get started <laughs> this week. So uh, that was a problem for her. But I was like that Mike and Mandy matchup was pretty crazy. Uh, Mike was texting me about it, but they had wild fluctuations in point totals throughout the week. Uh, if you look at the box score, pretty even to start off the first day, but Mike outscored Mandy 39.4 to 18.6 uh, on Tuesday, and then outscored her by another 15 points on Wednesday. Mandy outscored Mike by 37 points on uh, on Thursday. Then Mike outscored Mandy by 46 points on Friday, and then Mandy outscored Mike by 30 points on Saturday. And then outscored him by 20 more points on Sunday. So it was huge fluctuations. I mean, those people were up like by significant digits at some point during the week. You have a 40 point lead. You feel pretty good about yourself. And then a sudden it's gone the next day when you get outscored so badly. So uh, it just means like, yeah, you never know what's going to happen. I, I've been up 40 points and had that disappear on me before. So uh, that was an interesting matchup. Pretty topsy turvy there. Joel and I just stayed pretty close the entire way. Uh, and I thought he had it. I literally had 20 something points. I think my team got in the final matchup on Sunday uh, with the Dallas stars and Vancouver Canucks. I had four people in that game and they all basically had uh, at least two points, either a goal and an assist, multiple assists, three power play assists for one of my defensemen. So, I mean, I was watching that game in bed last night, just like, Oh my God, going into the third period, <laughs> hoping I could just get one more power play assist. And I ended up getting it. So uh, I ended up winning by five because I got an empty net goal as well. Uh, but it was a hell of a matchup uh, and pretty close. And then you tried to rally back against Keegan. I think you've been down pretty significantly at one point, but, but rally back. Yeah, I had a, I had a really good Saturday. Uh, I cut the lead in half 
on Saturday. I needed like 20 more and I would have, I probably would have got it if my, uh, the only thing that sucked about Saturday was both my goalies lost. So, I mean, and which sucks cause I had Kemper and, uh, uh, I, uh, Van Vanacek. So like literally two good goalies on two good teams and they both lost. Yeah, so, the good, and that's good news for you though is that Mitch Marner finally got his life together. Yeah. Um Miko really Rantanen is now back in the lineup, which is a huge plus. Uh and Kirill Kaprizov was starting to put the, the puck in the back of the net. So I mean, you put some of those things together along with maybe Stone and Pacioretty eventually coming back. Like if yeah. your team can just keep head above water until they get back, I think you ha- I like I rated you what second third to start the year second um, yeah i think you have an extremely deep team if you can get stone patch ready back and healthy to have them to go along with Rantanen, marner kaprizov i mean that's a very good lineup and we'll see what anthony duclair does as the season goes on if he can stay as hot red hot as he's been in florida um, anthony duclair i know and i had i i had him i think like a year or two ago and he came out of nowhere, and then I saw he moved to Florida, and I'm like, holy crap, I got to pick this guy up. He's he just a goal like scorer. A I know. He had two goals and three assists last week, a plus two, three power play points. Yeah, he was pretty sweet last week. I would say uh, I think he was the one X- of the reasons he got – I came back in that matchup. Yeah, I think one of the X factors that you're going to have this season, I mean, the two players on your roster that if, if you keep them on your roster and if – which you would if they continue to do well, but I think could kind of be the tipping points for you this season. Uh, Cause I think your forwards, if they're all healthy, your forwards and defense are going to be top two, three in the league. Um, but it's going to be in goal that I think is going to be where your question mark is going to be. And if John Gibson can continue to play well and Anaheim actually wins games, which I did not really expect them to do. Um, <laughs> I think that that is a huge, I think he's a player that's playing well above expectations. Not just, we all thought he was a good goalie, but Anaheim's just not been a very good team in front of him for a while. So I think that is a huge uh, X factor. I think that's somebody that's probably played better than you expected. That's um, been a big contributor for you. So it'll be interesting to see how he does. And any everyone on Anaheim that people have been picking up, Troy Terry for Michelle, uh, you've got Gibson. I picked I somebody think- who immediately got injured. Um, I got Shattenkirk, Kevin Shattenkirk. Shattenkirk. Yep. Played very well. Uh, Henrique, uh, these different players that people have been picking up that the beginning of the year, you know, you could have gone on the waiver wire and picked up any single person pretty much from <laughs> Anaheim that you wanted besides maybe uh, Gibson. And I'm not sure if, I don't know that Michelle drafted Troy Terry. I'm not sure if she did or not, but um, I can tell you there were a lot of Anaheim players available on the waiver wire to start the year and they're all quickly disappearing. So it'd be interesting I feel to see how that goes. I feel so weird having seven defensemen on my roster. Oh, I have a ton too right now, but I mean, they're mostly on IR, but I have, <laughs> I've got, I think I have five actually, but um, I actually, they've been productive for me. So I'm like, there's no yeah. reason for me to sit, have forwards, extra forwards sitting around on my bench on Saturdays. Like I might as well have another defenseman who's actually got a legitimate shot to get me points. So um, yeah, it's, it's been a, there's a good amount of defensemen out there who are actually scoring points this year. Uh, so yeah, not just uh, the usual three. And I just got Devin Tays back. So I feel pretty decent about my defensemen this year. I mean, yeah, so, some of some of them are going to have to go once the uh, yep. stone and patch ready come off the yep. bench. McCann probably won't last much longer, but I don't want to get rid of anyone. Um, 
And then Victor Olofsson has had a really good start to the year, but of course it picked him up and he got injured. So Golofsson. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, it was an interesting week for those three matchups. I thought those ones were pretty tight. And, and it was, you know, interesting yeah. to see uh, since Mandy and Mike were the two undefeated teams. I was I was pulling for Mandy. She asked me who I wanted to win. And, you know, I wanted Mandy to win. It had nothing to do with her being my wife. Uh, it was mostly the fact that Mike is in my division. And I knew if Mike lost, he'd come back down to my level and we'd be tied at three and one. Uh, I wouldn't still be one game back from him. So. I'm happy Mandy pulled it out, remained 4-0, and and Mike and I are now tied for first place, and I don't have that game to make up. And now Mike and I play each other this week, so a big matchup at the top of the Miami division uh, this week here. But Sweet uh, Yeah, didn't have a whole other a whole lot of other things. Uh, if you just want to look ahead real quick to the matchups this week, they some of them have already started. Ooh, some people have some points so far. Um, but we've got Mike against Paul. Uh, and then we've got Michelle against Keegan. So that's their two houses, Greyjoy and Targaryen going head to head there. Um, and then we've got Mandy going against Travis, which is an interesting matchup because Travis is at one and three, but he's third in the league, I think, in points four as a team uh, or tied maybe there in third. So uh, he's had a good team. He just hasn't really gotten a lot of results. So. That'll be a tough matchup, I think, for both of them. Uh, Travis would definitely prefer to not go one and four, I think, to start the season. Uh, but Mandy and Travis is interesting one to watch. Uh, Ben's got Jill. And then we've got uh, Chris and Joel. Must be, be a bye week for you guys. So you guys are playing each other. Um, but Yay. those are the matchups for this week. Cool, cool. Um, the top 10 skaters real quick from this past week are um number one leon dreisaitl 34.8 points for jill uh so most points but jill still lost this week uh number two jack campbell 33.4 points for joel number three mitch marner 29.2 points for chris top three people this week have all been on losing teams so far um number four austin matthews 26.8 points for travis Number five, Nick Suzuki, 25.6 points again for Travis. Number six, John Gibson, 24.4 points for Chris. Woo! Number seven, Patrice Bergeron, 24 points for Mandy. Number eight, Robin Leonard, 23.6 points for Michelle. Number nine, Ilya Sorokin, 23 points for Joel. Number 10, Yozy, Yozy. I'm combining people on my favorite team. UC Soros, 22.8 points for Travis. He has both Roman Yossi and UC Soros. Um, but it's not Yossi Saros. So UC Saros, 22.8 for Travis. Um, yeah, it's uh, interesting that, you know, it, it, I would say these top scores, unless you have like your top three on your team on this list, it's not a very good predictor of how you're going to do that week. Um, but uh, with Jill, you know, Jill, Joel, and Chris all having the top three scores, but all having lost this week, um, I didn't have anybody on the list again. But I was not top team in the league, but uh, I, I managed to win. So, and Travis, of course, as the top scorer in the league, league this week, had all three of his uh, top players on this list. So he made up three out of the top ten. Um, and, and congrats to me for still being the dirtiest team in the league, as Tony <laughs> Tony D'Angelo racked up twelve penalty minutes last uh, on Saturday. So. 
Uh, thank you for keeping that strong. Joel, you're, you're third now. So you need to make sure uh, you start picking up some uh, dirty ass players. Um, so we can get our <laughs> penalty minutes. Start up. prepping for the penalty minute week that we have coming up. So uh, last week was high goalie wins uh, was going to be the uh, decider as to who got the money. Chris, if you want to talk for like the next two minutes, I can try to add it up. <laughs> Are um, you serious? Did you not do it? <laughs> but I haven't added it up yet. So I don't know exactly who got $5 last week. I'm looking real quick. Uh, so far, a whole bunch of people are tied at five. So this is not good for me. I'm really hoping somebody got six. Um, I had four, four and I had four and I picked up four extra goalies for starts and zero goalies that I picked up in spot starts one. So yeah, well, I can tell you there were, there are four teams tied with five goalie wins this week. So we're going to have to go to the tiebreakers. Um, and I don't have those calculated yet. So, uh, if you're Joel, um, Uh, Chris, nope, not Chris. I lied. Sorry. Nope. If you're Joel Keegan and the two other teams, uh, Mandy, and I think it's Ben. Nope. Last matchup. Well, those three teams. I think it's three. So three-way tie. Uh, I will figure out who won the $5 this week. But uh, yes. So goalie wins was last week. I'll let you know. Uh, this week, though, I'm doing most total points, like skater points. So goals and assists combined. Um are going to be the the decider for this week. And then we'll get into those fun categories of like penalty minutes and things like that. So, but this week uh, it is going to be uh, total points. So goals and assists added together for your team. Uh, whoever has the most of those uh, is going to get $5 at the end of this week. And since I guess this is the only podcast before next week, we'll go, go ahead and say penalty minutes will be our, our thing for next week, uh, week six. So how's that work, Chris? I'm excited. If I don't win this one, then I, I might have to fold up shop. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, time for our calls and reeks of the week. Uh, I can let you lead off here, Chris, if you want to give your call of the week. Yeah. My call of the week is um, the Seattle Kraken. They just decided their AHL team name oh. and it is the Coachella Valley Firebirds. Coachella Valley Firebirds. Yep. Really? <laughs> yep. Are and they out? So they're out. Uh, they're in Coachella, which I thought was just a concert name, but it is in a real place. <laughs> is it? But okay. It's is a that real place. That they're doing yeah, this in Cali- it's, okay. It's in Riverside County, California. Okay. It, I was and like- I, I literally just had to look it up. It, the Coachella Valley is an arid rift valley in the Colorado desert of Southern California's Riverside County. Hmm. So, I mean, I didn't realize, I know where Coachella is because a lot of people from Montana, Montana are rich and have homes down there that I've, I've drawn blood on. Uh, but I did not realize it was called the Coachella Valley. I just thought, I don't know. I didn't know where the name came from for the, the concert, but Coachella Valley. Interesting. The Firebirds. Yeah. The Firebirds, and I'm looking up the logo right now. So they, who, who um, where are their players at right now? 
<laughs> sitting in a parking lot i don't know <laughs> just <laughs> up in the great northern canada somewhere finding a frozen lake to practice <laughs> they're, on. they're yeah they're just they're just nowhere like who knows <laughs> uh but i didn't realize I, they didn't have one i thought they i assumed they already had an ahl team but i didn't i didn't care enough i guess to look uh into where they are currently playing so which like i i'm curious as to why they thought of firebirds um it kind of their their logo yeah, at palm springs is, that's what i was trying to think of it's palm springs yeah oh uh, yeah they uh their logo is pretty sick. If you ever look it up, maybe we'll put it in the chat if we like you enough. Um, but yeah, logo is pretty sick. Kind of reminds me of yeah. like Mockingjay a little bit or from Pokemon, but yeah. Yeah. Oh, they should have been, they should have just made it Charizard. That would have been <laughs> sick. <laughs> wow. Cool. What a missed opportunity. Like they, they, they have the Krakens and the Charizards. Like I do like the, the bird. Though. What it's a missed pretty, opportunity. That's pretty cool. My reek of the week is the Coachella Valley Firebirds um, <laughs> for not being the Charizards. <laughs> I'm trying to see. It says they're supposed to. Oh, it says. Are you? It looks like they began playing this year. That's what it says. Huh. So I think they're playing. I don't know though because I haven't been paying attention enough. But I like their symbol though, so I like it. Yeah, I thought so too. Very well done. Um, they keep uh, hitting home good. runs on all their logos. And it was everything. like good branding opportunities. Oh yeah. Seattle like rules this, like they've been killing it. Like I'm very, I'm very happy about all of their like logos and shit still like kind of weird about the Kraken. Like, it's just like, I don't know. It just, I I don't know. It's just weird to me, but I, I would have liked the sock guys. It just sounds a lot better. Um, but it's still Kraken still works too. I guess. Yeah. I, don't know. I know. I was a big Sockeye fan too. Both of us were pulling for the Sockeyes. I get Salmon R's as exciting as the Kraken and the Kraken is just so marketable. Um, but yeah. It's... Yeah. that That's definitely why they did it too. And I get it. I mean, you got to run a business. Yep. Yep. I know it's all about the dollars. So especially all when you're starting a team in the middle of the pandemic, that's your yeah. first season. So not oh, even yeah. knowing if people are going to be able to go in the building by probably a year ago. So yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, all right. My call of the week is Mike Condon, uh, a name that may or may not be familiar to you all. As yeah, fans. I know that guy. Yeah, uh, he was a goalie. Didn't play that many games. It was like 100 something starts, I think, in the National Hockey League um, was the person who came in and filled in for Carey Price after he originally got injured like four or five years ago. I have his stats up, but um, back in 2015, 16. Uh, when Price got injured and he helped kind of keep the Habs afloat. But anyway, this isn't about that. There's a good article uh, on The Athletic that I read today uh, about him. And he apparently, he kind of fell apart later in his career. He's only 31 uh, and he's retired from the league at this point. Uh, Basically sucked. Uh, And probably just as hockey fans perspective, we just all saw him and were like, this guy is awful. Uh, He needs to be out of the league. Um, And so... He's not in the league anymore, but he apparently had spinal bifida. And then he also has hip dysplasia and other problems. Uh, And so he had all kinds of medical conditions that were going on while he was playing. Uh, And basically was just playing with a broken body uh, for a number of years, just trying to make his body work when genetics was working against him. Uh, So he had to retire early uh, because of all of those physical limitations that he kind of ran into. Um, and then now he's back as an assistant coach at, I think it's Northeastern, uh, for the NCAA 
but it was just a cool story to read background because I know a lot of us, you know, we just see goalies come and go. We don't really know what's going on in their lives. Uh, and so to read the story of kind of how his body was breaking down on him and all the things that he was trying to do to try to keep it healthy enough to play. Um, and basically his last, yeah, the last goal ever scored against him was a 128 foot shot from past the blue line where he's like, I knew what I need to do, but literally my body just wouldn't move in that second. And um, pretty embarrassing way to go out. But uh, it's interesting when you learn more uh, by actually getting in depth like the article did. So I thought that was a cool story uh, that he's staying in the hockey world and, and doing some coaching now uh, and stuff like that, despite his physical limitations. And he, he said, you know, he goes to the dog park with his dog and he's terrified because if a dog runs up to him and, and tries to jump on him or anything else, he's pretty much going to fall over. Uh, because he's not a very mobile human at only 31. So it's pretty sad, but it's pretty cool that he's staying around hockey and, and giving back a little bit to the hockey community and thinking about going back to school and majoring in uh, some sports like management stuff. So anyway, cool story of my content. Um, do you have, uh, what's your reek then outside of the fire purse um, this week? Uh, uh, reek is Mikhail Sergachev. Uh, really dirty hit this week. Um, there wasn't that much bad stuff that happened in hockey, I don't think. Um, no. But uh, if you didn't see Mikhail Sergachev's hit on my guy, Mitch Marner, uh, it was pretty – it was like a side swipe, like, serious, like, to the head. Um, I don't think he, like, meant to do it, but, like, I think he was just, like – I don't know. It seemed like his, like, competitiveness got, like, in the way of, like – safety and it was like kind of after the play like they blew the they blew the play dead and then he just came over and sideswiped the shit out of marner in the head uh he got fined forty eight thousand dollars and suspended two games so that was kind of fine i know right i was really i saw the two games and i'm like okay like that makes sense like you know like we're not just doing oh you're spending one game you know you get gotta do multiples Mm -hmm. but 48 grand like holy shit but yeah, that's, yeah. that's much higher than what we typically see out of the NHL. So yeah. Interesting. And I did not see the hit, but um, I'll, uh, I'll post it in the chat. Um, yeah, it was pretty fucked. <laughs> okay. My reek of the week goes to, I, I still don't know how to say his name on Ranta, uh, the goalie now for the Carolina hurricanes. Um, this guy, it's just got to be the most brittle human in the NHL. I mean, I don't think he's played more than like four games in an NHL season in the last four years, but yeah, he keeps getting contracts. Um, my guy, Frederick Anderson started off a game against Florida horribly, got pulled, uh, gave up four goals in the first like five minutes, mostly on the power play uh, for Florida. But anyway, got pulled. Auntie Ranta comes in, plays 12 minutes, in, gets injured and then uh anderson has to go back in and he does well the rest of the game but it's just amazing that this guy gets contracts and he's going to retire as a millionaire if he's been smart with his money uh considering how little he's played in the nhl in the last couple of seasons so he is somebody i absolutely avoid uh i will never pick him up i don't care if he's played well for five straight games and had five straight shutouts i will not pick on Toronto up uh, he is a walking, just like house of cards, um, one little blow and he's just topples over and breaks every bone in his body apparently. So, um, yeah, I thought that was ridiculous. I just, he annoys me every year. 
because he seems talented and then he just is injured once he plays like one or two games. So if you have a team out there, just hope that next year they don't pick him up as the backup because he'll, he won't make it through the whole season. All right. Um, we looked ahead to the matchups for next week already. So we'll see if we can get another manager interview either. I don't think probably later this week, but maybe next week um, it's going to be, I have some finals week coming up for, grad school but we'll figure it out see if we can get another manager interview out i posted the one for mike uh earlier today don't know if i'll post this today or tomorrow i'll have to do some editing now since we have our technical problems uh but we'll get this out to you and do you have any closing thoughts for the people before we go about our lives this week chris um happy welcome back to college basketball week um, yeah it's tip off today or what tomorrow um, okay. tomorrow, I think like everyone's going tomorrow. Um, me and Ben are going to Dayton game. So, uh, yeah, should be fun. Nice. Well, you guys enjoy, um, watching college basketball. I know this is the time of the season where it gets hard because there's college football, there's college basketball, there's NHL. Finally, major league baseball is off of the air. So we don't have to worry about that crap filling up our screens. So there's a lot of stuff going on, uh, in the sports world right now. So. All right. Well, with that, everybody have a great week. Uh, we will talk to you next week, uh, someday during the week. Um, we'll have to figure that out. Yeah. Yeah. But good looking out until then.